Thank you for taking the time to listen to this audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center. Our prayer is that you'll be encouraged and blessed by the anointed Word of God. If you'd like more information about Apostolic Worship Center and its ministries, visit our website at www.awcnorman.com. Praise God, everyone. Amen. You can be seated. Um, quiero decir que es un placer para mí estar con ustedes. Y si estamos hablando varios idiomas, entonces yo quiero participar. ¿Cuántos prefieren que yo predico todo el culto en español? Bueno, ¿cuántos prefieren inglés? So we just voted, and uh, we voted to, that I would continue in Spanish. It was overwhelming. Spanish won. So was a little bit of election manipulation there, but um, it's great to be with you today, great to be with Brother and Sister Borders. Uh, just appreciate them, appreciate their spirit, and um, we have part of their family under our wings there in Global Missions, and uh, was, was, you know, talking to them a little bit last night. Um, it, it is maybe one of the hardest things for missions is the families that let them go. Amen. Amen. <laughs> because we spent 17 years in El Salvador. Now, I went um, as a 22-year-old in the middle of a civil war, which is an exciting time to go. And so I went. My family's not really in the church. You know, now I'm a parent and, and all of this, and my daughter's always too young to do things I did at her age. Amen. Right? She can date when she's 40. That went out the window a long time ago, but that was what I was hoping on. I cannot imagine what my dad was feeling or went through when I went to El Salvador in the middle of a civil war and him not being in the church. And so for the families, it, it is we missed birthdays. We missed anniversaries. We missed nieces and nephews, graduations. We weren't there for funerals. Um, it's just that is part of being a missionary. So I want to say, especially we have folks here today that are highly invested in that from a very personal level. We understand that. We don't take it for granted. We appreciate it because that is perhaps the hardest thing. And I know I was in El Salvador for 14 years, and my dad visited me once, one time. When my daughter was born... My dad came once a year for the next three years. I'm not saying it's directly correlated to a granddaughter, but it is pretty suspect. I'm just saying, it is pretty suspect. So it is great to be here today, and uh, I apologize. My wife is not with me. She just actually sloughed off this weekend. Uh, we were in Malta. Last week, it was a kind of a last-minute trip for the house. said, you have to go to Malta. I can't make it. You have to cover, and you have to go in the next four days. So arrange and switch things and go to Malta. We flew back in Tuesday morning, um, and my wife said, this is mommy-daughter time this weekend. So my wife and my daughter have had a mommy-daughter weekend while daddy's away. So she's not here with us today, but that is what she is doing um, and there at our church this morning, my wife and I help. We translate uh, for the Spanish at our church. We have a Spanish work. We have another Spanish daughter work. But we also have a lot of Spanish that come to the service. And so my wife and I, there's a room in the back, the usher's room. Actually, my wife and I are back there generally. And we translate over the headphones for those that speak Spanish. So uh, my wife is also participating in that today. And my daughter is a Sunday school teacher. So you have me and only me today. And you just have to put up with this. I want to ask you to stand, if you would. I'm going to read just a couple of verses of Scripture. Y de vez en cuando es posible que voy a tirar unas palabras en español porque me gusta. Prefiero predicar en español. Siento que fluye más. Siento que el idioma es mejor. Siento que hay palabras expresivas que se puede describir mejor. Pero ni modo, vamos a seguir en inglés y de vez en cuando echamos una palabrita. We just made lunch plans, so... 
Just kidding. Just kidding. I prefer to preach in Spanish, actually. I, it, to me, it's just a much more descriptive language. And I did so much of my ministry in Spanish opposed to English. My preference is Spanish. But we'll struggle through English here today. And I'm from South Louisiana, so my English isn't the best either. <clears throat> Revelation chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of your saints. Now, I'm not going to preach about that, but if you think your prayers don't mean anything, just read that. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by, the blood, by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. And I want to preach for just a little while on this thought, the redemption of all nations. The redemption of all nations. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we do love you. We thank you, God, for your word. We thank you for your presence that we felt in this house. Lord, through the time of worship, through the time of prayer for these nations, for our families. Lord, we feel your spirit working in this house today. And we pray, God, that you would do what you desire in this house, that you would touch, that you would minister. Lord, that you would create in each one of us a burden, a call like we've never felt before. Do a work in each one of us. Minister to our need that you know so well. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. Now, just let, let me give a little background to bring us to what we read, verses 8 and 9 today, you know, everybody loves the book of Revelation. And, and you've probably come across people that you, uh, you wanted to start a Bible study with, and they wanted to start in the book of Revelation. That's not really a great place to start. You can start there. It is a powerful book. But the point of Revelation is not scary stuff. The world makes movies and writes books about Revelation. Most of it's wrong, but... It's a moneymaker. Everybody, everybody wants to know the future. This is not a Hollywood production. This is not a, some fictitious thing that an author wrote down. This is the Word of God. The point of, it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. It reveals who He is and His redemptive work. The point of revelation, the end of the book is not about scary stuff. It's about the church. It's about the redeemed being with God for eternity. And he's wiped away every tear from our eye. And sickness and sin cannot enter there. Revelation is not spooky. It's not to scare you. It is who Jesus is. It's his work. It's, it's what happens to the church. That's the point of Revelation. Everybody, the, the, what people want to know is, when's it going to happen? Is, is this, oh, oh, Russia invaded Ukraine. Does that mean this is this? They're always trying to connect the dots, and that's okay, but don't get caught up in that. I'm a pre-tribber. If, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I still want to be ready. I just want to be ready. Praise God. Now, the book of Revelation, quickly, let me bring us where we are. Chapter 1 tells us who he is. It tells us who Jesus Christ is, the first, the last, the beginning, the ending. He that is and was and is to come, his life forevermore. He's in the midst of the candlestick. The candlestick is the church. He's the one. That's, it tells us who he is. Chapters 2 and 3, it wasn't written broken up in chapters. We all understand. It was just this one long thing. But for the sake of our discussion today, chapters 2 and 3, the letters to the churches. Seven churches of Asia Minor. I think it was literal, and I think it also is, is prophetic for ages and different times of the church. That's my personal opinion. Chapter 4. Oh, John says, there's a door open. Come up hither. John's taken up. And he describes the throne room. He describes the colors. He describes the sounds. He describes the, the things, the people, the beasts, the elders, he, it's very descriptive. And he only describes one throne 
and one sitting on the throne. John knew who Jesus was. This was not the first time he had seen Jesus. John's up there in the throne room, and then you get into chapter 5, and something interesting happens. It says that John began to weep because it says that a mighty, powerful angel took the book. It's actually a scroll. It was sealed with seals. Who can open? Who, who can loose the seals and open the book? It was written within and without. It, there's no room. There's no, you can't add. It's already done. It's written. It's fulfilled. Who can loose the seals? Who can open this book? And John begins to weep because there's no one in heaven, no one in earth, and no one beneath the earth. No one is found worthy to loose the seals and open the book. And John begins to weep because John understands. John has heard the teachings of Jesus Christ. John walked with Jesus. John understands and, and now, don't, don't misunderstand what I'm going to say. Jesus told a lot more to his disciples than we have written down. They're, they're, he, he had discussions with them daily for a few years there. John understood if those seals are not loosed, if this scroll, if this book is not opened, then the redemptive plan of Jesus Christ, the purpose of Him coming to the world, does not happen. And John begins to weep, but then he says, an angel touched him and said, John, weep not. Chapter 5. Do not weep. Behold, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. Well, the lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed to open the seals. What does that mean? I believe John was watching a timeline of history. The Bible tells us God is a spirit. And a spirit could not shed its blood. A spirit could not die on a cross. Therefore, when the angels looking in heaven and God is sitting on the throne, God is not worthy to loose the seals and open the book. Don't get quiet on me. That's what the Bible says. But then he said, don't weep because the lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed. He can take the book. He can open the... Why? Verse 6 says this. I looked and behold in the midst of the throne... And of the four living creatures in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain. Out of the throne walks Jesus Christ. Again, John is watching a timeline. God manifests himself in flesh. God took on the form of humanity. God took on the form of a servant. Because only by taking on human form could he shed his blood for you and for me. That's the only reason nobody could open the book. Nobody could touch the seals. But then there was one out of the throne. Not the second throne. Not the third throne. Not a little bitty throne. Because John described the throne room and there's one throne. And there's one sitting on the throne. And out of that throne comes the Lamb. Not from beside the throne. The quote unquote eternal Son. not going to give a lesson on the Godhead. Out of the throne comes the Lamb. John already established in chapter 1 who Jesus Christ is. Lord God Almighty. El Señor Dios Todopoderoso. He that was and is and is to come. How can that be? Is the Son eternal? No, He's not. But God is eternal. And God took on the form of man. He took on the form of humanity. The promise of Genesis 3.15. You're going to bruise his heel, but he's going to bruise your head. That is fulfilled in Galatians chapter 4. He came out of the throne and took the scroll. 
There's no reason now to weep, John. There's no reason to weep. There's no reason to cry. Because God, John understood what was happening. John saw that. John knew that. John lived that. Walking with Jesus day by day. Galatians 4 and 4, when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law. Made of a woman, what does that mean? He did not have a natural father, the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. When the fullness of time was come, not a day before, not a day late, not 10 years earlier, when God's time was fulfilled. Genesis 3.15 is fulfilled in Galatians 4.4. And it says that he has redeemed us. By his blood. Jesus Christ, the point, the purpose of his ministry, the reason he came was to seek and to save the lost. What does that mean? It means he redeemed humanity. He had to pay. Redemption is simply paying the price. It's paying the asking price. What is it going to cost for me to purchase this? The Bible tells us in Acts that he purchased the church with his own blood. God doesn't have blood as a spirit. But when God manifests himself in flesh, that lamb of God that was slain, that lion of the tribe of Judah, now he's got some blood that he can shed. He didn't, it doesn't say you redeemed us because you're a great leader. You redeemed us because you're a great speaker. You redeemed us because, oh, you're from this tribe. No, no, no. You redeemed us by your blood. That only perfect, sinless blood in Jesus Christ. That we, the writer of Hebrews says that they sacrificed bullocks and lambs and goats and sheep. They sacrificed it thousands and thousands, millions of gallons of blood that was shed. It could never take away sin. It only brought to remembrance the sin. And the high priest that offered had to offer for himself because he was sinful. But Jesus Christ, once and for all, having offered himself through his flesh, the veil, his flesh. Jesus was the high priest that offered the sacrifice. He was the great high priest. He's also the sacrifice. He's also the God receiving the sacrifice. He's redeemed us by his blood. He hasn't redeemed us because he started a good movement somewhere. He redeemed us by his blood. He paid the price through his blood. What was the price? The precious blood of Jesus Christ. We are not redeemed, Peter tells us, with silver or gold. The precious blood of Jesus Christ. It's still as efficacious today as it was back then. It's still as powerful today as it was back then. There is nothing you possess that could redeem your soul. There is nothing you own. There is nothing we own together. You can get all the gold and silver and Bitcoin and everything else that exists in the world. It could not redeem one person. It's the precious blood. Of the Lamb of God. That's what it takes. And that's why he said, Oh, take the book. Verse 9. Oh, the story changes. It says they sung a new song. John's not weeping anymore. John's not crying. <laughs> they sung a new song. The tune has changed. Things are different. Because when Jesus came to this world, now redemption's going to happen. Now the rest of things can take place. Now that wiping away of all the tears. Now when there's no sin or sorrow that's going to enter here. There's no need for the sun because he is the light. There's a tree of life. There's a tree whose leaves give healing. Oh, All of that happens because Jesus Christ is God manifest in the flesh who came to redeem humanity. And they sung a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood. Now this is what I want to preach about. I haven't started my message yet. Out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, 
God's plan has always been the redemption of humanity. It was never just Israel, ever God's plan. Ever. Abraham is the patriarch, if you will. He's the founder of the Hebrew nation, afterwards known as Israelites, afterwards known as Jews. He's the founder of the Hebrew nation. Hebrews going back to the, boy, that's, hmm. Paul said, I'm a Hebrew of the Hebrews. That's why they wrote the letter to the Hebrews, getting down to, whoo, this is your beginning. Abraham was born a Gentile, lived much of his life as a Gentile. And although he's the founder of the Hebrew nation, Hebrew simply means one who has crossed over. He was chosen by God, absolutely. He's a Gentile. And the Jews were so braggadocious, Abraham is our father. Jesus said, if he was your father, you would do the works of Abraham. Jesus said, just so you know, before Abraham was, I am. What you think is your pride, what you think is, oh, we're Hebrews, Abraham. Jesus said, before him, I am. Not I was, I am. And he knew what he was saying because to their mind, when Moses said, who's going to send me? Who do I say? I am. God's plan was never just to reach one nation. God's plan was never just to reach one people. God's plan was and is and forever will be to reach humanity. God's plan was for Israel to show the other nations around them in the midst of polytheistic worship, in the midst of them worshiping the God of the moon and the stars and the sun, the God of, 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 of crops and harvest and rain, the God of wind and fertility. God's point was to put Israel in the midst of all of that and say, I am. I'm the God of the harvest. I'm the God that sends the rain. I'm the God. Prophet, it's not going to rain. Then it's not going to rain. You can cry to Baal, you can scream to Baal, you can cut yourself, you can plead with Baal. It's not going to rain until God says it's going to rain. God's point was for Israel to affect the other nations. But Israel failed miserably. And they went, and the Bible says they played the harlot with the other nations. They bowed down to their gods. They married into them and took them as wives and husbands. And followed after them. And that was not God's plan at all. Throughout the Bible. I'm just going to give a few examples here. We see, I'll call it the engrafting, the bringing in, the, the including of those who did not qualify. And those who were not worthy. Worthy. Who didn't fulfill the requirements. Ruth was a Moabitess. God said, I hate Moab. God said, I don't want to see Moab to the 10th generation among my people. In fact, forever. I hate Moab. And yet, we find Ruth from Moab. Not only did they bring her in, they didn't bring her in the back door. They didn't bring her in and just... Let's act like you're not here, but you're here. She became the lineage of Messiah. But she didn't qualify. She wasn't born a Hebrew. She wasn't from the tribe of Judah. She, this is what God was trying to do the whole time. I want to save everybody. Remember this little woman called Rahab? who wasn't the most uh, upstanding individual in society? God said, that's what I want to be part of my lineage. That's what I want to be part of my tribe. You remember the Bible, I mean, you may or may not remember that this woman came to Jesus, Lord, oh, son of David. She was a Gentile. 
She was Syrophoenician. She was, son of David was strictly Hebrew. And she was trying to impress him. Oh, son of David, have mercy, my daughter. Jesus said, I can't give the bread from the children to the dogs. She was not deterred. But Lord, even the dogs take the crumbs. Wow, I haven't seen this faith in all Israel. In other words, the chosen people, those who think they're the select ones, haven't showed what you've shown. You know what? Your daughter's healed from this moment forth. Remember the lepers that were healed? And the one who returned was a Samaritan. Oh, but he's a mix. He don't, he don't qualify. <laughs> Jesus, where are the others? Where, where, where are the ones that supposedly qualify? Where are they? You, you look down through the word and... and God's plan. You know what? Okay, Paul, shake the dust off your feet. You're going to go to the Gentiles now. And Paul preached to the Gentiles. Because God's plan from the beginning of time, from the inception, from creation, was redemption of humanity. Every person. John tells us. I'm not going to be long, but John tells us this says the redeemed are from every kindred, every tongue, every people, and every nation. Let me speak, let me break this down just a little bit for you here. Kindred is another way to say a tribe or a clan. Your particular group that you identify with. It could be the tribes of Israel. It could be other tribes. Especially back in this day. Tribes all over the world. People identified with tribes. Your kindred. Those are part of your family group. He said, you've redeemed us out of every kindred, every tribe, every clan, every people. If you're part of a tribe, you have the opportunity to be redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. It says out of every tongue. Those are specific Language groups, I believe, I believe this is not just, this wasn't just what was happening in John's time. I think John again was seeing into the future of what the church is going to be and what the church should be. There are whole language groups of people. They cross national barriers. They're not in one specific area. They speak a language. He said, if you speak a language, if you have a particular language group, if you identify with the language group, whatever language group that is, then you have the opportunity to be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Oh, but I speak this. I don't speak that. It doesn't matter what you speak. There are nations in the world where they speak a pigeon like a pig Latin language. That's their language. It doesn't matter. I was in... Um, Zimbabwe several years ago, and they speak with clicks. Like, I don't, I don't, those are words. I don't, I don't understand it. They had to translate everything for me. We had hundreds get the Holy Ghost. Praise God. We worship God in a dusty, hot environment in Zimbabwe. It doesn't matter if your language is clicks. It doesn't matter if your language is, is, is a pigeon language. It doesn't matter if it's the most developed language in the world. If you speak a language, you have the opportunity to be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And as the church of Jesus Christ, it is our responsibility to reach every language, to reach people that speak different languages. I applaud all of the English churches that have started Spanish works. I applaud that. But I also get on to my friends that pastor Spanish churches and tell them they need to start English works. Yeah. We got Spanish churches that need to start Filipino works. 
That's right. Getting a little quiet. That's okay. I preach with or without it. I know where I'm going. I like where I'm going. Every language. I have seen people. Brother Bernard's father did it. Brother Elton Bernard passed away now. He retired from the mission field. He taught in Bible college for a couple of years. Then he went down to, okay, to my neck of the woods, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, south of Baton Rouge, a place called Gonzales, about as big as this place we're in right now. Not much there. And he started a Spanish church, running over 200 people. He don't speak Spanish. But he started a Spanish church. I've seen people, I've seen young people across North America start Vietnamese churches. They don't speak Vietnamese, but they won somebody to the Lord. And they started working with them, and they started doing what they could. Every language has a right to be redeemed. Praise God. It doesn't matter what you speak. The Bible says, out of every kindred, out of every tongue, out of every people, people groups, people that may be within a nation, part of a nation, they may bleed over to another nation. I was talking with your pastor before service that um, we, we, we've not necessarily shifted our focus, but we're focusing on something now in global missions that is, is sort of somewhat of a first for us. People groups. These are not nations. In the country of India alone, we have a couple of large groups in India. UPC groups. Great, wonderful. There are 55 people groups with a population of more than 6 million. They're in India. They're part of the nation. They're separate people groups. 55 people groups with over 6 million in their population. That's bigger than some nations. That's more than some countries. 55 separate people groups. Just that are over 6 million. There are many more. There are some groups in Africa. People groups. They are, they're nomadic. They go from country to country. They spread over three, four, five different nations. You can't say they're just, they're not. They're, they're in this country, and they're in that country, and they're in that country, and they're in that country. It's, it's, it's sort of like a tribe. It's its own people group. We're reaching into these people groups. We're starting to appoint missionaries to these people groups. He said to every people. Well, maybe they're not a nation. Maybe they're not a country. Maybe they don't have borders. Maybe they don't have a governing system. But they're people. It's a group of people. It's a group of indigenous people. It's a group of nomadic people. Whatever that looks like. He said, those are the redeemed. If these groups, if John sees people groups in heaven, we better be reaching people groups. If John sees every tribe, we ought to be reaching tribes. If John sees all the languages, we ought to be reaching every language. This is all nations Sunday. But all nations does not just mean Peru, Argentina, France, Brazil. No, all nations. We're talking about all people. And the last thing he says is people and nation. Nations defined by borders. Nations defined by governance. If you look at the map from 30 years ago, it does not match the world map of today. Things have changed. The world has changed. If you look at a map from 100 years ago, it has certainly changed. If you look at a map from 200, 500, 1,000 years ago, it has certainly changed. Why did he say out of all kindred, tongue, people, and nations. In other words, what he's saying, every person on the planet, you're going to fit in one of these groups and categories somewhere. 
It doesn't matter your ethnicity. It doesn't matter your race. It doesn't matter your economic social status. It doesn't matter your political affiliation. If you are a human on this planet, you deserve to be redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. God's plan is to redeem humanity. Jesus came to seek the lost. Yes, he told the woman, I've come to the lost house of Israel. That's my first stop. But it's certainly not my last. The gospel began to be preached. They went to the Samaritans. Then they went to the Gentiles. And the church has just exploded. It, it is not relegated to Gentiles only. It is for the Jews. It is for the Gentiles. It is for every nationality. It is for every people group, every language, every tribe, every nation. Every person on the planet. Now, it doesn't matter your demographic. It doesn't matter your wealth or, or poverty. Every person has the right to be redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. For people that, oh, well, this is pure blood. There's no pure blood anything. You look at history. Look at history. Just go, go do some, if you haven't, just do some reading on history. Conquering of nations. The movement of people. Nations have conquered other nations. And have moved out the, quote unquote, indigenous population. Who probably moved out someone before them. They've moved them out to another place. It's in the Bible. They did it to, to, to Israel. They took them to Assyria. They took them to Babylon. The Romans would conquer and move people. They didn't want them uprising. We're going to move you here. They sold whole people groups into slavery. Tens of thousands, millions of people killed them. There are peoples that no longer exist. That quote-unquote group no longer exists today. Totally destroyed, killed, wiped off the face of the earth hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago. All of that for the thousands of years of humanity. There is nothing pure race of anything. We are all Heinz 57, if you will. Shout out to Heinz 57. I was telling for the borders... I have a family member, and he was always bragging. No big deal. I mean, brag what you want to brag. He was Native American. Native American. Blackfoot. Okay. He did a DNA test. He's majority Nigerian. <laughs> There's no Native American. None of us. We're all. But it doesn't matter. If you cut me, I bleed red. If I cut you, you bleed red. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter. We all have blood. And it's interesting. Let me throw a little Bible for you. It says, Acts chapter 17, 26. And hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth. Well, I'm pure. No, you're not. None of us are. We are all humans in need of redemption through the blood of Jesus Christ. But I speak this language. But I was raised in poverty. It doesn't matter. I was raised in extravagant wealth. It doesn't matter. I'm from this political persuasion. I'm from that, but it doesn't matter. We are all humans. Fallen humanity. In need of a Savior. And that Savior is Jesus Christ. And we are the church. We are the body of Jesus Christ. We continue with the mission of Jesus Christ in this world. That is to reach. That is to save. That is to redeem humanity with the blood of Jesus Christ. That's why we come here on Sunday mornings. That's why we come here on Sunday evenings. That's why we teach Bible studies. That's why we have prayer meeting. That's why we pay our tithes. That's why we give to church. That's why we give to global missions and North America missions and move the missions and Sunday school, children's ministry. That's why we do what we do. 
Not just to have a headquarters building, not just to have officials working somewhere, but everything we do, we are trying to reach our world. We are trying to redeem humanity. They, I know, I know uh, your pastor mentioned, I, th I think it was you that mentioned about the missionary map and pray for those. You could also, if you don't have, order through PPH, missionary prayer cards. They're like missionary trading cards and I'll give you a Borders if you'll give me a Burgess. No, I'll take two Burgess. A Borders is way more valuable than a Burgess. Give me two Burgess for a Borders. At my, at my house, my family, we, every night we pray for a different missionary. We also have the Access Challenge Nations. It's a set of cards, places that we call them Access Challenge. It's not that you can't get into it, but it is very, very difficult. I would just say this. There are places we're not supposed to be. There are places that legally we cannot be. But we are. <laughs> Praise God. That's why we do what we do. Someone sent me a text yesterday, a friend, and said, Hey, can you send me a list of the nations where we don't have churches? Nope. We don't share that list. We don't even share it with the general board. We don't give that list out because we don't want it to fall into the wrong hands. Well, if you, this is where you don't have, then that means you have them here. Some things we don't share. But the gospel of Jesus Christ is unstoppable. It is being preached. People are being reached. This gospel, I wish I, I would show you the pictures, but, but I can't of a Muslim imam and his family that we baptized in a little blow-up kiddie pool in a missionary's home where we're not supposed to be. Praise God. There are so many things happening. I, I, I don't have the time to tell you all, all the, the things that are happening, but the reason we do what we do is because the world needs redemption. We are in a fallen, messed up world. And the world needs to be redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Stand with me if you would today. If our musicians would come, I'm going to close right now. The blood of Jesus can still redeem today. It is more powerful than your sin, than your fear. It's more powerful than your pain, your hurt, your addictions. The blood of Jesus Christ is more powerful than your weakness. It's more powerful than the wrongs that have been done to you. It's more powerful than anything that's in your life. And the blood of Jesus Christ is flowing yet today to redeem all nations, all people, all languages, all kindreds. Every tribe, every clan, every group. If you are a human on planet earth, the blood of Jesus Christ is to redeem. Hallelujah. The psalmist said, let the redeem of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Oh, the redemption of all nations. That's what this is about. That's why we're here. That's what we do. the borders, I understand. I, I think I understand. Why? Why God has me where I am today. If it was my choice, I would still be in El Salvador. I'll be preaching today probably in my home church of Centro Vida. We have five services every Sunday because we can only seat about 400. 
But sometimes it is just overwhelming. We've got to reach the world. We've got to reach the lost. Our problem is not money, it's not finance. We don't have enough missionaries. We don't have enough who are willing to say, Lord, I'll go. We have too many people that twist the Scripture just a tag. And they say, as Isaiah said, Lord, here am I. Sent him. Isaiah said, here am I. Send me. I know I'm an unclean man. I dwell in the midst of an unclean people with unclean lips. But God, if nobody else is going to do it, if nobody else is going to go, if nobody's going to say, God, if I'm your last option, what if, God, we are losing the race. I'm not discounting what we've done and what God has done, and, and, and it's, it's awesome and great and fantastic. We are losing the race. The growth of the church is in no wise keeping up with the growth of humanity or even the loss of humanity. More people dying every day than are coming into truth every day. We're losing we're losing it. He shed his blood. He took the form of humanity. He submitted himself to death, to the death of the cross. So that he could redeem every kindred, every language, every people group, every nation, Every person on the planet has the right to be redeemed. I'm going to ask you two things today. I realize I cannot reach the world. None of us can. But I also don't ever want to say, well, unattainable, so just stop trying. If you are here today and you've never repented of your sins, you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, you've never received the infilling of God's Holy Spirit, with the initial evidence of speaking in other tongues, as, as, as was quoted here in different languages earlier. If you've never been born again, as, as God's word tells us to be born again, then in just a moment, I want to invite you to come and we want to pray with you. And then for those of us that have been born again, that we have been baptized, we're walking with God. We've received His Spirit. We're led by the Spirit. We walk in the Spirit. We follow God every day. For those of us, I would ask that we would, in just a moment, find a way, make our way to this front and find a place to pray and ask God, Lord, I don't want to feel condemnation. I do want to feel conviction. I want God to just shake me a little bit. Talk about that tonight. I just want God to Make me uncomfortable. Lord, let me pray more. 
Let me fast more. God, can I reach someone that's not of my language group? Can I reach someone that is from another nation, is from another people group or tribe? Can I reach some, can, can, pastor didn't tell me to start a Bible study, but God can, I live by someone. I go to school with someone. I have family members. Maybe I can reach out to them because it is the redemption of all nations. That is the job and the responsibility of the church. So if you are here today and you've never been born again, you've never repented and been baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sins, you've never received the Spirit of God with the initial evidence of speaking in other tongues, then I want to ask you to come and if you would stand on this side, we want to pray with you. We want to pray for you. I don't do it to embarrass anyone. I don't do it to, I do it because I care, because it matters. It's the most important thing. If I don't eat lunch today, if I don't eat supper, if I don't eat breakfast tomorrow, that doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. What matters is redemption of humanity. And as our musicians lead us in worship, I'm going to invite those that have been redeemed. If you would make your way to this altar, if you feel, and say, God, I want you to stir up inside of me. I don't want to leave here comfortable. I don't want to leave here doing what I've been doing. I don't want to leave here on the same level that I came today. But God, I want you to do something inside of me today. And help me to redeem all nations. And those of you, if you just want to stay in your pew where you are and pray, that's fine. But if everyone, if we would seek the face of God. You have been listening to an audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center located in Norman, Oklahoma. We are located at 3221 North Porter Avenue, Norman, Oklahoma, 73071. Our service times are Sunday at 10 o'clock a.m. and 6 o'clock p.m. And we also have various ministries happening on Wednesday night. For more information, visit our website, www.awcnorman.com. Call us at 405-329-1285 or email us at info at awcnorman.com. We hope that this recording has been a blessing to you.